0: Traveling the Vortex. We still haven't joined the doctor as she travels the vortex, and we're stuck at episode 465, Inside Our Homes. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. Hey guys.
1: Welcome back. We're back.
0: I'm feeling out We're of touch back. with the natural
2: order of things.
1: <laughs> Still recording from home, but uh, we are back.
0: So you have to excuse any uh, glitches we have through that, that process.
2: I want you all to take just a moment and imagine a big hug. A socially distanted hug. Yeah. It's as good as it's going to get <laughs> for right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I imagine hugs are safe, I believe. <laughs>
0: We can't take any risks. Right.
2: <laughs> we'll give you the elbow high five if you prefer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then some still some hand sanitizer. How are you guys faring during this pandemic?
1: Yeah, pretty good. I mean as good as can be. Just still still working. Haven't uh haven't uh, stopped on that end and we're finding things to do at home. We're all kind of homebody my my family's kind of homebodies anyway. So this hasn't <laughs> been a real struggle. Uh, we did finally go out and eat for the first time, like out and eat. Um, a couple weeks ago, we went to Olive Garden.
2: We signed up for one of those um, meal in a box deals, you know, where they send you the food and the recipes, and then you cook it at home. And uh, we, we we try. I don't even remember which one we're on now. Every plate, I think, is the one, and um, it's 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 been kind of nice in a way because we we're being exposed to a whole range of foods that we wouldn't normally eat. Uh, and and recipes that we wouldn't normally bother with. The downside is, um, my God, there's not a night that goes by that I feel like we haven't dirtied every dish in the house (laughs) (laughs) cooking this stuff. And uh, we actually took a break this week because we were both like, no man no I, I just i can't do it again so we are we're taking the the week off from that and i told mel I was like all right bring out all the old favorite recipes what do you want mac and cheese hot dogs what are
0: we cooking
1: <laughs> <laughs> one pot wonders <laughs> i don't know
0: how many times sarah and i have talked about how the pandemic really hasn't changed our lives that much <laughs> we weren't going out that much to begin with and <laughs> now we're just
1: just a little bit less we finished the Doctor Who lockdown materials um, that we uh, started on our last episode. And we left off, where do we leave off? The How the Monk Got His Habit. Was that the last one we did?
0: That was. Yeah, I think so. Yes.
1: And so we've, we're picking up with uh, The Descendants of Pompeii, which was the 24th um, special that they did in collaboration with Lockdown. And for listeners, if you don't remember um, over the <laughs> summer, <laughs> Over the summer, the uh, uh, a, a group of dedicated Whovians uh, got together and planned. Um, Emily Cook, I think, was the uh, founder of the project. And uh, she's from Doctor Who magazine. And she had proposed the idea that fans simulcast a watch along um, with Doctor Who uh, videos. And I think it started with Day of the Doctor was the first one. And it just really kind of blew up and took off from there. And so... Uh, The cool thing I thought was that all of these uh, different stories had these corresponding specials that um, people would take part in. Um, You know, Stephen Moffat wrote some stuff. Chris Chimble wrote some stuff. uh, Russell T. Davis wrote some stuff and uh, a lot of Doctor Who alums. And uh, so we're going to finish off our list of things that we watched. I finally, we finally got around to watching all these. Although I think we, we were up to what, uh, the monk, how the monk got has happened, is where we were up to when we reviewed these last, right? Because these were still going on, still ongoing. Yeah, yeah, way back in May. They were still ongoing while we we're doing this. Because uh,
0: the descendants of Pompeii came
1: out on May seventeenth. Oh, okay, yeah. Um so this one um which I thought was really kind of cool was um and I uh, forgive me cuz I can't remember the two actresses that do this were um Frances-
0: Francesca Fowler and Christine Childs
1: and uh they played the mom and daughter in the story and I, I if I, I'm understanding this right they are playing descendants of those characters in this video chat is that what you yes, guys got indeed. as well and I liked. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I kind of jumping ahead, yeah. but I liked at the end when, um, is Evie was her name, when she was talking about how, um, she, mm-hmm. she thought it was interesting that all of their, uh, people, you know, their, their grandparents and parents and, and all these, all kind of had the same, uh, uh, professions and she thought it was interesting. And when you think about it, they all had the same professions in, uh, fires of Pompeii So, that kind of goes way back even further than just a few generations.
2: Yeah. Very similar jobs. Yeah. Um,
0: Cop, cop, cop. they, They set up a nice pattern with that where, yeah, the, the, grandma Evie's grandma was what she does. And then he, his, Evie's great grandma is what her mom does. And so it like alternates generations, mm-hmm. which was, I thought was a pretty clever way to do it. Yeah. So this was written by the author, the guy who wrote fires Bomb. Yeah. I
1: saw that, which I thought that was kind of cool to be able to get him. That is uh, really cool. Back to do that. Uh James Moran.
0: This was kind of a cool idea. There just wasn't a whole lot of um, substance to it. Yeah. There wasn't much to it,
2: but it was just kind of fun to to check in and see. Cause I think that's one of the things that the episode fires of Pompeii" kind of leaves you with is that wouldn't it be interesting to check back in on these people X number of years from now and see what, you know, what has become of them. And this kind of gave you the opportunity to go,
1: Oh, cool. All
2: right. You know, that they're still paying it forward as it were.
1: Moving on to the next one uh, was listen, which is a poem by Stephen Moffat.
2: I really enjoyed this one.
0: It seemed really familiar. Is it was part of the story, part of the poem in the episode?
1: I wondered the same thing because there was parts of it that sounded familiar to me, and like like the Doctor had recited some of it in the story, but I couldn't remember, and I meant to go back and check, but I never did.
0: Tardis Wikia doesn't mention anything about it being a part of it, so I'm guessing not. I guess he just really drew upon the themes of the episode.
2: I almost wonder if, and I you know obviously could be completely off base here because I did zero research going into this. But um, I almost wonder if maybe Moffat being the uh, fan and writer that he he is, maybe this was something that was written previously. That mm-hmm. this was, you know, an ode to the doctor, if you will. And that then he later turned around and wrote Listen based on this poem.
1: Yeah, I was wondering if maybe this inspired uh, that episode. It definitely feels like it.
2: I'm sure the information's out there if we looked, but.
1: <laughs> Who is the narrator in this? Do we know? Jacob Dudman. No, no, I I, I don't mean the person that was performing <laughs> oh. it. I meant, I meant who's, who's the narrator that's written the poem? I mean, obviously that's Stephen Moffat as well, but do we know from whose perspective is this poem? I was just going to yeah.
2: say that is correct. Who is the narrator?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who? Well, by the, the last lines of the poem implies it is the Doctor. It, it's almost like he's the narrator and he's the author at the same time.
1: Well, there's a conversation going on between two people in the poem, but at the end I kind of got the impression that maybe this is the Doctor that is writing the poem himself. And he's talking to himself?
0: Yeah. <laughs> the conversation uh, is with himself?
1: Maybe.
2: <laughs> Which is a very Twelfth Doctor thing. And you yeah. know, maybe just yet another in a long line of him standing in the TARDIS or rating. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the next one is fear is a superpower featuring Danny pink and Clara. And this was uh, written by James uh, PT. What'd you guys think about this one?
0: It was a good recap of Danny pink.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I think maybe that's one of the reasons I was torn on it is because it, it kind of it, it called back to this, you know, character that I felt maybe I didn't give a fair shake because of how the series presented him, and then the doctor's interactions with him. If that makes sense, um, I thought Danny was a pretty cool character until we got into the military background, and then that kind of became the catalyst for oh now the doctor can turn on him and then it, it seemed like once that revelation happened it seemed like everything was built around that that he was no longer the school teacher that he was just this and uh, the doctor's reactions to Danny seemed very unfair to me so that it, it kind of soured the character overall and so to come back to it and of course we we, we won't get into the the whole cyberman thing at the end um but Coming back to it with this, it kind of, I don't know, like reopened old wounds in a way that it was just kind of like, oh, hey, here's Danny. Oh, hey. Oh, hey, we're doing that again. Okay. Yeah. Um, But I liked the message that I think they were trying to convey, if maybe not the delivery system, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, I thought the delivery system was fine. It felt like it was trying to say more about Dan to me. It felt like it was trying to say more about Danny P- uh, Pink and his character. But the problem I had with it, and Keith touched on this just before you started, Sean, it was really kind of a decent recap of 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 Danny. And <sighs> I kind of felt like it needed to go further to make me feel more compa- I mean I already was pretty compassionate for Danny Pink I was uh, I was pretty much on board with the character the whole time I didn't I don't I never felt like I was turned off by him in any way at least that I can remember I thought the character was fine and and actually I thought it was he was a, a an interesting character for that season but I didn't feel like this did anything more to make you know people that maybe felt the way that you did Sean in the past. I don't know that did anything to make people feel more, or at least it, it didn't seem to me that it would made Danny feel any more compelling than, than the series already had. Yeah.
2: That's a very good way of putting it.
1: Well, and to me, it feels like, you know,
0: it was written in a way to explain the character arc for people who didn't get it like all of the information that's in this are in the episodes, even if some of it's just subtext. And I understood all of that when I watched the episodes. So I didn't get anything new out of this at all. I understood how the connections between Dan, the soldier man and him as a child connected to him, you know, not wanting to lose Clara and all this stuff, but it was all there on the screen for us just in subtext. So I didn't need it all spelled out for me and that's why I felt this was so unnecessary of a story yeah
1: yeah yeah I would agree um and, and I didn't I didn't dislike it it was just and I guess maybe if anything it was a nice reminder of the character um I thought the um the, the sketches that went along with it I thought those were done really well I liked those yeah no, it was very nice uh comic art
2: yeah definitely a um, a cool artistic choice to do it that way and I, i've enjoyed all of them actually that have kind of the, the the drawings or the uh, animation styles um maybe because they evoke pawn life maybe because i just
1: mm.
2: i enjoy that style of storytelling i think but uh, yeah just i mean just to be clear that uh, i don't hate danny i don't want to <laughs> please don't letters it wasn't my intention to say that but uh Yeah, to recap, uh, that's probably just the best way to sum it up. Is just, yeah, we know this. It was okay.
0: Which one did this air with? Uh, Listen. Just listen. Apparently that Uh, one had two. Okay. So, yeah, it feels like it's people who didn't quite understand how listen tied into Danny's story. It Mm -hmm. was a way to make it clear to them.
2: And I suppose that could be that maybe when, if you're used to Moffat and his, uh, you know, wibbly wobbly Mobius strips of uh, of plotting that maybe when he throws something subtextual at you, you you suddenly lose people. Maybe there was a portion of the audience oh, that felt it was needed
0: of the Mobius strips of Stephen Moffat. This was the least Mobius. In I agree. My opinion,
1: but... <laughs> I think the one thing it had going for it <laughs> is it does address the fact that Danny said, you know, at least in this, Danny wonders why he these people look so familiar to him, which is something that's not addressed at all in the series that they go back in time yeah. and they meet him as a little child in the orphanage. And it's never brought up later that, Hey, you guys look familiar or, you know, it. it and so this at least tries to address that or it makes mention. It doesn't really address it, but it makes mention anyway.
0: Very true. I kind of wish it had been about Orson pink instead of Danny.
1: Yeah. That's, that's a, thread that was left way open.
0: You know, I agree. I
2: would really like to have, if we're going to do something that ties in, let's have that. Let's explain that one.
0: <laughs> Fix that issue.
1: Uh, so next up was one I really enjoyed was uh, Doctors Assemble.
2: I don't know. Do we this want to talk about the... Doctors Assemble yet? <laughs> should Should we save it?
1: <laughs> Why would we save it? That's for last because it the highlight. Oh, oh, because <laughs> it was the highlight of all of them. It was only totally the highlight. Yeah, we could go. Let's do that because we'll end on a more. It sounds like we'll end on a more positive note than we will some of these other ones. Uh, well, let's let's skip that one. We'll hold on to that and come back to it. Let's do the secret of Novice, uh, novice Hame. What did you guys think of this one?
2: No, I loved this one too. This is
0: another one I was not overly impressed by. <laughs>
2: really, <laughs> you and I are not on the same wavelength anymore. Keys. She was a
0: character I didn't really care about. Apparently oh, not. She now was a character I didn't out. really care about in the episode, and so I didn't really care what happened to her after the episode either. So I, it was cool that they got David Tennant to do the voice at the very end, and then he was on his farewell tour, and he came to visit her too. But it was just okay. She's laying there and she's dying. But
1: this is also the actress. Yeah, that played
0: her too. So
1: Anna Hope. Anna Hope.
2: I thought um now admittedly the doctor's farewell tour for 10 is so ridiculously self-indulgent which you know we've we've kind of talked about before that he's going to hold off on death while he goes and visits everybody that he possibly could have come in contact with over the last however many years he's been knocking about in this body um And it's, it's, it's total fan service. It's, there's, it's just, there's no other way to describe it other than wouldn't it be nice if, and so, okay, yeah, why not? So throwing one more onto, you know, throwing one more log onto the fire. Ah, okay, sure. Why not? And I really felt this one, I, it was, it was beautifully told. I loved the kind of very simplistic, I can't even call it animation, but, uh, uh, you know, drawings that went along with it um and uh the, this uh story of novice hame and how she came to deliver you know that final I, I i just i was very touched by it i was like that was a very well told story for something that we all knew happened you know it wasn't there wasn't a big lurking surprise we just this is how that story comes about it's like oh okay it's kind of like rogue one in that regard we we know we know where the story's going to go but we know it has to end here, but this is how it's end up there. Oh, okay, cool. I just thought it was very well done. I liked it. But maybe it's because I do like the cat people. That could play into it.
0: I was kind of intrigued by her. Uh, the, the one part where she talks about why they were called to that planet or whatever. I didn't couldn't tell if she was trying to allude to the macro. Or if there's something else there that's tackled in the Big Finish audios. Hmm. I hadn't thought of that.
1: Does she return in the big finish audios?
0: She does. I was just looking that up. She's part of the tales from new
1: earth. Oh, okay. All right. I suppose I have to talk about it now. (laughs) Your turn. (laughs) It was two minutes too long and had too many more anthropomorphized aliens.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When they talked of dog kind and the hippo guards, I just thought of you, Glenn. (laughs)
1: No, I thought it was. I thought it was all right. I I, I like the message that they were doing here. I really liked the fact that it was uh, the original actress and and David Tennant doing it. Um, I thought it was. I enjoyed the setup for how she got there and uh, learning a little bit about her past. But it really kind of felt like I don't know. It just it dragged on and on and on and on. Um, and I thought they were painting this nice picture of, of where we were now, but it, I don't know. It was just, it was a little too long for me. I, I, I was getting bored and then a little more frustrated that I'm not sure that I understood the end of it. She never got to tell her his secret. Do we even know what the secret was? So I had a problem with that. And the other thing that I, that bothered me about it was, she was content with him thinking her last word w- words were, um, I wonder. And just that that seemed like a very, I mean, I can see where they were trying to put it in perspective of that was the last things that she said. And the doctor was trying to make something a little more profound out of it than perhaps it was. But she had more to say. And she died before she could say it. I mean, just, that was, it was, I don't know. It was just, it was like, almost like their conversation went on too long. If, if they had just wrapped it all up a little sooner, we'd have learned the secret and we'd have been done. But I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to beat this one up because it, it was nice. I mean, the, 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 I will, what little animation there was, was nice. I mean, it was very visual, but then you're staring at them I and they did their best to kind of change, you know, night to day and the doctor show up and the little, uh, characters in the background showing up as she was describing them. And, and I mean, they, they did what they could, but I just, I don't know. I, that, that kind of lent to the whole, it felt really long and drawn out was the fact that I was looking pretty much the same image the whole time.
0: Yeah. I felt that way too. Well, it was a nice image. I just didn't want to stare at that same one for so long.
2: Maybe it's just because the actress has such a beautiful voice that I was content to listen to her. Maybe it struck me at the right time. Maybe, I don't know, maybe every character deserves a great death. I, I you know, what, what do you, what do you got for us? We're going to give you a great death scene. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, everybody gets excited to play a death
1: scene, so. What's so great about this death? She didn't even get to tell her secret.
2: That's what's so she great. She got about. to wonder about her secret. <laughs> it doesn't say the reveal of the secret of novice hame. It's the <laughs> secret of novice
0: hame.
1: I'm sorry, when you put a title, The Secret of Novice Haim, I want a payoff.
2: And, and, and I like, I wonder. There was I,
0: a payoff, I, there were two coins.
2: <laughs> I, I wonder falls right up there with, oh my, as far as last words go.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> it's
2: better than mine. Mine will be, you know, a movie quote, I'm uh, sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, let's move on to the best of days. Uh, this one featured Bill, and Nardle and would have would have run during World Enough in Time and The Doctor Falls. But I believe, if I remember right, they didn't end up doing those. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: And the reason they didn't is because the uh death of George Floyd and the the kickoff to the uh well, it wasn't the kickoff to the Black Lives Matter movement, but the the um unrest and the, the protests and things that started up uh based on that and on behalf of that sort of overshadowed and they kind of felt that it would be um maybe not in bad taste but it, it was it was ready to we, we were sh- i think we were shifting mood and, and emotion at the time and they just felt like that wasn't they wanted to
0: allow the focus to be on the that was the Black Lives Matters movement yeah. than the Doctor Who. And yeah. according to TARDIS Wiki, it got delayed. So Moffat was able to do a slight rewrite in order to add in the references to the, the racial riots.
1: That's what I wondered about that, too, because when I watched it, I remembered hearing that this one was to coincide with those and that that had happened. And so. I, when that was in the episode, I sort of thought, oh, okay, so this was timely enough that they had at least there was foreknowledge of what was going on at the time that he wrote it. So I didn't realize that he had, he kind of went back and polished it and rewrote that. So. I think the thing that I had trouble with, and and the, it's a Moffat story, is probably the reason is I had a real hard time following when this was set because Nardole is obviously still on the the Mondasian ship. ship. Yes, yeah. and Bill is on Earth with um, what's her name? The pilot. What's her name? Heather. Heather. Thank you. And so I'm having a real tough time. I mean, it, it was obviously after Heather had rescued her. But did Nardle? Are you? Are we under the impression that Nardle kind of escaped that onslaught and was able to move to other levels and continue the fight against the Cybermen as they advanced?
0: I think we were supposed to believe that at the end of the episode.
1: Okay, and the the, uh, the he stayed behind. And, right. And I knew that was going to happen, but it seemed like that was like a write off of the end. So this, this gave me the impression that he survived quite a bit longer. In fact, so much so that he settled down and had a family, right? <laughs> was yeah. that the impression you guys got too? Totally. Okay. <laughs> so with, I did with, follow with, this. Be- I did follow this better than I thought I did.
0: With his robotic body. Yes. And a broken leg.
1: <laughs> yeah, but not two broken legs. So
0: Yeah. Because <laughs> now he's in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, this was kind of nice that uh, Pearl Mackey and, and Matt Lucas did this. I thought that was kind of a neat thing.
0: I like the idea that Bill and Nardole are sending space-time telegraphs to each other, catching up on what's going on. <laughs> Especially since th- right. the time yeah, on Earth too. right now is so horrible that he needs to send her... Uh, daily positivity outbreaks.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's probably the most enjoyable part of this is just that we get more of these two.
1: Yeah. 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 From one dire situation to another.
0: Mm -hmm. I I do like that. The fact that they rewrote it and was able to touch on some of the issues that were happening at the time.
1: Yeah. It was a nice story and uh, I enjoyed it and it was, it was short, sweet and to the point.
2: (laughs) And there were no anthropomorphized aliens.
1: No anthropomorphized aliens. Just a wheelbarrow robot, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine with me. <laughs> all right, can we go and talk about the doctors assembled or doctors assembled?
0: Well, what about the long song? Oh yeah, I mean,
1: uh, well, did you watch it all idea? Nice I did, I, <laughs> I watched the one, the actual music video. I didn't go through and watch all of the different things. Uh, Oh, no, that's not true because I did watch What's-His-Name reading as uh, Tom Baker uh, doing the I watched part of
0: that one and then watched the, well, I had the choir-only version playing in the background.
1: (laughs) Oh, did you watch that one? I I skipped it because I thought this is just going to be the choir. I wanted to actually hear the final product. So, Although you have to go to, the link is in that video to go to the guy's website that actually produced that. In order to watch the mm. actual video, but uh, so you didn't you didn't go watch the the, the final piece?
0: No, I just did the, the ah. YouTube one.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. There's there's actually a fun. Fi- That's the one I went to, and there's actually a final piece. I I remember when the call went out for this, and I had intended to um, send uh, record my singing part to them and and send it in, and I never got around to it. Never got around to it. And then I watched. It, and I was like, oh, that would have been a cool thing to be a part of. Although the number of people in that background, I think is just a small sampling because I think they said they, had, they expected about 30 or 40 entries and they got like 900 and something. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the guy that, that produced it, he said it was, he was a little bit overwhelmed at first, but he said it. you know, it, they were able to pull it off and he, he thought it was really good. If you get a chance, go, go to the, that go to that uh, video and click on the link and go to the guy's site because you can actually see it there in fact I enjoyed it so much that I went in and downloaded the song from iTunes because I kind of figured I'll throw the guy a couple of bucks because he did such a nice job with it so hmm. so now I have two versions of the song. <laughs> probably probably three, because I think I have two compilations that have it on it. So, But <laughs> this one's a little different. This is a cover, so this is different. Again. Yeah,
0: it's different.
2: So w- will, we, will we be covering this cover when we get around to doing our uh, special on uh, Doctor Who themed music?
1: Actually, that's not, that's not a bad idea. I think we could count that one. I think that one would work. Although I think we're going to have to do that over a few episodes, <laughs> to be honest with you. As much stuff as I've compiled.
2: Well, because you are going to spend a whole hour talking about Doctor in Distress, so
1: yeah, he's all right. <laughs> right,
2: we know you love. We know you love it, Glenn.
1: Actually, I do love it. I, it's kind of a guilty, <laughs> guilty pleasure.
2: <but laughs> Just I admit like it. It's on your iPod. It's in the car. Like you drive to work well, with it's, it. it.
1: It's it's on my iTunes. I can say that for sure. But I do have an excuse. I am compiling this stuff for for the show someday. So you drive to
2: work doctor
1: in distress
2: <laughs> you're in the drive to McDonald's.
1: i think i wrote something on my personal blog about it and i think i was pretty generous to it so <laughs> let's talk about the uh let's talk about dr's assemble
2: please let's talk about dr's <laughs> assemble <laughs>
1: I kept seeing the advertisements for this one a lot, and I, I actually watched this one back when it released. I can't remember when. So was did it, I. Uh, uh, May back in May, May twenty third. Um, because I kept seeing the trailer, there were like there was two different trailers for it. There was a real simple like tease teaser trailer, and then there was a longer, little longer trailer. And I was so intrigued by it, I thought I got to go check out what this is. And I was very pleased that I did. And then, I, of course, the other day when I was doing my watch through again. I watched it again and just enjoyed it as much the second time as I did the first time. What did you guys think of the voices? I thought they all did an incredible job. I think they did too. Um, I was really kind of surprised that they that it was David Bradley doing the first Doctor. Yeah. Um, so really the only one of these people that have actually played a doctor <laughs> was the first doctor was David Bradley and he was in it. The other ones have on not- television. Yes, as I say, the other guys have done stuff in audio. Because um, the guy who
0: did The Eleventh Doctor is the guy who does it for The Eleventh Doctor Chronicles.
1: Right, so he, they have done in character. But yeah, the only one that's performed him in, in television. And is credited, I suppose, as as the first Doctor.
0: Yeah, yeah, as the Doctor. But I think most of the other ones, other than John Coleshaw and uh, Jacob Dudman, hadn't really done much. And as far as like big finish goes,
1: col no hat. shaw hasn't he did I think he is if I remember right. He's the brig. Click on his name here. Uh oh, he has he. Oh, I didn't know he did the voice of the brig.
0: Yeah, he's doing. He's taking over the voice of the brig for the, all the new stuff oh, now.
1: I'll be darned. That's kind of cool. No, I he's he done. Was, uh,
0: doctor. Nope, that's Tim Trelaw or Tim Trelaw.
1: Yeah. He did a he, good uh, doctor in this though. He <laughs> yeah. was originally known for doing imp- impersonations of Tom Baker as the fourth doctor on sketch appearances in the UK. Uh, I think on a, let's see, uh, prank. Te- oh, and he did prank telephone calls for dead ringers, which was a uh, kind of like, what, what was our jerky boys we had here. It was kind of the same thing over there. Um, they would be prank calls and he would pretend to be the doctor So that was that was what he was most well known for. So he's been a he's been known for his Tom Baker impression for years and years and years since at least the early '90s. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he also was the voice uh, that Ian.
0: Uh Oh, was he the Shada Fourth
1: Doctor? Yes. What What was his name? (laughs) Ian. uh, Why can't I think of his name? Ian Levine. Levine. E. Levine's cut when he when he hired uh, everybody to voice his animated version, uh, I believe this is that was who he got was uh, John Colshaw. I believe.
2: After how many episodes of dealing with Shada, you don't remember that tidbit, Glenn?
1: <laughs> yeah, no kidding, huh? <laughs> Must be time uh, for a review. <laughs> he also performed the role of Tom Baker's voicemail in the Five-ish Doctors reboot. <laughs> <laughs> wow, everybody really was in that. So, so he has been on TV as the doctor. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I just think the, the, the story is, is great because I think you uh, it's hard to say it's canonical, but I think you can say it's con- canonical, or at least continuity, because it does verge on farce. It's very farcical, but it's also in the realm of how a lot of these doctors interact and would interact if they were all on a call together. And I think that the, 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 was this? It was James Gossett wrote this, which I think he had, he had their mannerisms and the characters down just to a T. And I think my favorite thing about this is the fact that the Sixth Doctor, who's barely in it, is really kind of the hero of the whole thing.
2: (laughs) That was probably the most genius stroke of it in a a story full of genius strokes. Yeah, yeah. each, Each one just kind of kept one upping the one that was before it with the reveal and the, the the surprise and the, oh, so-and-so's in this as well. Because I'll be honest, I kind of went into this blind. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't see any of the trailers when they, you know, it just, I was keeping track of lockdown stuff. Saw this was the next thing, went and watched it and went, what is this? So <laughs> I, I I was, I got a real bonus surprise, Uh, you know, my box of Lucky Charms. But um, as, as each thing rolled out, as each thing came up, it was just like, oh, oh, so and so's in this too. Oh, wow, that's a, oh, that's totally David Bradley. Oh, okay. And then the Sixth Doctor at the end was just like, yes.
0: <laughs> Well, and the fact that it starts off as a throwaway joke of him sending cat pictures yeah. and not understanding yeah. <laughs> how it works, and it's really him trying to solve the problem.
1: <laughs> well, that's, well, that's what I thought was the most clever about it, is the fact that he comes across, and, and I, I think even though um, Colin Baker has kind of redeemed himself, and I think that the Sixth Doctor is looked upon more favorably now than he used to be, but there's still this this sense of he's kind of the jester or the 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 forgotten doctor or the doctor that you know still gets made fun of because of the coat and he wasn't around very long and that kind of stuff and so to start the story off with kind of what is perceived as kind of buffoonery from the sixth doctor and then just to the little switcheroo at the end where no he was actually the smartest doctor in the room i thought was really really well done it's like james goss kind of felt like it was almost like it was a love, love letter for the uh, Sixth Doctor. You know, it was like the Sixth Doctor. He was finally giving the Sixth Doctor his due, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: which you know it, it's needed. I mean, obviously, through the the, the joy of Big Finish, there's there's a wealth of material to go out and 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 learn the Sixth Doctor anew and appreciate him and 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 realize ah this is who this character is, which is great. But if you don't have the exposure to that and you're mm-hmm. limited to just the, the TV run, it can be a little challenging to try and pull those nuggets of awesome out of there mm-hmm. because and I of think, the overall, you know, time frame of the show.
1: And I think a majority, a majority of fans are still. Very limited in their scope, and they and they aren't a lot of them that listen to Big Finish. I mean, there are a lot of Big Finish fans. Don't get me wrong, but I think there are a lot of Doctor Who fans out there that have never even experienced Big Finish. Right. We would run into we'd run into a plethora of people whenever we'd go to conventions. Oh
0: yeah, I think for the most part, the casual fan isn't really into Big Finish.
2: Yeah,
1: I don't i I know a lot of I know a lot of diehard fans out there that aren't into Big Finish.
2: Yeah, and part of that, I wonder if it's just because of the the level of daunting, you know, (laughs) for, for, for a casual fan. is Okay. I've watched all of the new series and I'm going to get into the classic stuff. How many years of this are there? Oh, that many. Okay. Oh, well just wait, because there's also this many audio adventures that you could delve into. And I wonder maybe if that's just, you know, adds to the, the, the mountainous pile of things that there are to, to do with it.
1: Yeah, the part of it is
2: just it. that you know some people don't consider it canon still, and well, you know those people are wrong. But
1: well, um, I think a lot of people struggle with with audio uh, performance. I don't. There's a lot of people that need need the visuals, and so they don't. They prefer to just you know if it if it's just audio, they can't get into it, and I respect that.
2: Yeah, it's a horse of a different color, that's for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: I think there's also something to be said for the cost aspect of it, too, that (laughs) unless you are willing to go through nefarious means or have an awesome library, it's a little, it can be a little cost prohibitive to try to dip your toe into it. It's getting better with Spotify and stuff like that, but (laughs) it's it's not. All
1: all of the deals that Big Finish has had over the past six months. I mean, I can't believe how much. Free audio they've offered, how much discounted, like $1.99 audios they've offered. This yeah, is there's the no time reason why anybody shouldn't right be getting now.
0: into it now. But pre before this, right, would, right. I could totally understand that being a reason.
1: And I and I think if you use their app exclusively, you get there's a lot more content on there that you can get uh, bonuses and and cheap.
2: I actually feel a little bad that I, I, I was you know aware of that, but I I feel a little bad that we didn't champion that a little bit harder during this whole process that uh, you know <laughs> oh you're stuck at home with nothing to do and there's no new content oh. <laughs> go to big finish and get
1: some stuff yeah yeah but well you can champion been, it now <laughs> and we've been hey, championing it at home for a long time
2: yeah that's true we've we've been fanboys of big finish pretty much from the get go oh yeah but this was just I've been just a fan a, of big
1: finish since I picked up spare parts about Fifteen years ago. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, you sir have been. Uh, uh, well, as with most things regarding uh, the podcast, uh, longer in the tooth than the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> Not so subtle dig. Um, <laughs> this this was just a delightful. Um, I just oh, man, how much fun was this story? And I was really, I was, I was a little worried because obviously when you do a multi-doctor story, we, we, you get those, well, how much is too much? Because that seems to be the thing now is, is, is there's a lot of, well, we've got to give them all, you know, let's put cram all the doctors in there ever since light at the end, we've got to have every doctor imaginable that we can push into this thing. And, uh, and they did, but yet they did it in such a way that it worked and everybody as you said their characterizations were spot on their interactions with each other were yeah that's how they would have played that off and it, it just everything about this clicked on all cylinders it was so good
0: yeah I have no negative comments about this thing it was just completely awesome another favorite thing I had for it was the fact that yes six doctors solved the problem but the war doctor is the one who pointed it out mm-hmm. <laughs> and fixed the other yeah. problem <laughs> Yep, yep. while everyone is still bickering, these two doctors, who probably have not very much love for them in general, just saved the day completely. Mm-hmm. The two forgotten doctors. Yeah, and the fact that the guy who did the war doctor did such a good job with his voice, I think that was probably the. It sounded like that should have been John Hurt.
1: Yeah, in fact, I would love to see a uh, big finish court this guy and if they do further uh war doctor audios i'm all on board with letting him do it oh yeah absolutely all on board with letting him do it
2: you know i i think we've discussed briefly in the past about recasting and our thoughts on it and kind of where you know we came down and after listening to this i am fully on board with yeah if you can get the right voice talent. To, to, you know, put this level of care and, and yeah, they sound like them. And, and if they can hold that for an entire production, Absa Smurfly, let's have some more stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because it was, I mean, why not? Especially if it's
0: going to be in a multi-doctor format.
2: <laughs> or, again, if it's one of those where, you know, like with the War Doctor, there just isn't that much out there, unfortunately. Yeah. Because of circumstances or, you know, you can't say that necessarily about the eighth doctor now, but. um.
1: (laughs) I think some of the, the, one of the things that bothered me a little bit were the background pictures that they used for some of them. And I think (laughs) that they were trying to go with a, if the, if each doctor had a Facebook page, what would their profile picture look like? Yeah, it's supposed to be like their Skype
0: of, profile picture. Yeah.
1: And that was kind of the vibe that they gave, but there were some of them that I thought were a little I don't know. Ones that I think I would have used different for the character. Um Yeah. The, one of the ones particular the one the the one that I thought was the best, and I chuckled when I finally realized what it was saying, was uh the War Doctor with the toilet paper. <laughs> Shelf being bare, and written on the back was no more. And I thought, okay, that's a bit timely there. Uh, so I thought that was funny, um, but I don't know. Just some of them were like the 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 cliffhanger one from the seventh doctor. I mean, we were being cheeky there because of that, you know, iconic imagery. Um, I thought the third doctor's close up with the Maybe maybe that one is appropriate, too, because we always make mention of how he always has kind of an odd look on his face when he's frustrated or being attacked or something. It I don't know. There was nice, s-
0: It took me until my second watch through to get the 13th doctors. I had to call my brain back to the very first video that she did. Oh, about, yeah. You know, she's staying in, in lockdown. She's, yeah. So she's in yeah, the cupboard yeah. hiding from the Santara. And it, yeah, I was sorry. like, why is she there? And with the and <laughs> What?
1: Yeah, that was that Took was me a, a little bit. Call back, call back to Jodie Whittaker's first thing that she did. That was a
2: lo- a lovely bit of continuity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't uh, know yeah, if just the picture of of I the, think I would have chosen Doctor Better, very much like him. Who? The eleventh Doctor with Laurel and Hardy. Just they didn't pull <laughs> an image from the <laughs> video, so I it just didn't look like him. I'm not sure like they, they the could have
1: pulled a very good image from the video because the video in the video, it's so small. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think yeah. it would have been difficult. I think they, they just figured they had to, in order to get the resolution, right. They had to recreate it in some way.
0: Just the guy just didn't look like him.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: There was nothing bad about this. It was all awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> pictures was my only complaint. Some of the pictures, not even all of them.
2: It was all awesome.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, well, Sean, do you want to uh, let everybody know what we got coming up on the schedule? Because it's a big one. We got a big. It is event. kind of a
2: kind of a big, uh, big. It's almost like a, a multi-doctor event coming up. But first, uh, a, a big event in our own. Uh, uh, we're going to come back, and uh, you may have noticed—maybe not so with this one. This one's kind of a little bit of an oddball. We have a new format launching uh, where we are going to be bi-weekly and uh, continuing to bring you our uh, our thoughts on uh, who, and of course, that will change once the show comes back. Rest assured, we will still we will still be here with the new episodes when they come out,
0: whenever that might
2: be. Whenever that might be, my money's on Easter Saturday. <laughs> But um, so uh, coming up next would be uh, a lost in time. We're going to tackle one of the missing episodes that we have. uh, It's literally missing because it's one of the few we haven't covered yet. Uh, We're going to do the myth makers back to the first Dr. Hartnell era and uh, cover the recon and the novelization for those of you who like to follow along at home. And then our big multi-doctor kickoff event with a little something we brought to you in the news previously. Time Lord victorious. And this is a fairly massive multi-platform event that is going to be one story that uh, involves the 8th, ninth, and 10th Doctors uh, spread over comic books and uh, short stories and audio adventures and novels and escape rooms and uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, which each piece of this will be dolled out uh, in, uh, in a different format, and so we are going to attempt to tackle all of it in order to bring you the story so far, uh, and that will start in October for us, so uh, stick around. The uh, schedule is uh, there for you, and we kind of sort of think we know where we're going uh, all the way up through the end of the year, but uh, obviously... As always, <laughs> things can change at a moment's notice. If 2020 has taught us anything, it's that things can change at a moment's notice. Uh, but we'll try and keep you
1: appraised of that. Exciting stuff. I'm looking forward That's to right. it. right. All right. Anything else we need to touch on before we close this show? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn.
2: I'm Sean. And I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for
1: listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.